0: Joshua chapter four, beginning at verse number 19. uh, There you'll find these words in the English Standard Version. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when you ask, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Amen, this is the word of the Lord and we thank God for God's word. Um, as we are kind of on our church anniversary eve today, um, thought it apropos for us to look at this particular text and I'd like to tag this text with the topic, the story of the stones. The story of the stones, the story of the stones. We pick up the story of Joshua and the children of Israel as they are preparing to enter into the promised land of Canaan. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua assumes the reins of leadership of the tribes of Israel. And in chapter 3, the command goes out among the people from Joshua to consecrate themselves for the Lord God of Israel is going to do amazing things before their very eyes. If this was another sermon for another day, I would hang my hat there just for a moment. Uh, as a reminder of the, uh, that the capacity for God to do amazing things in our lives is connected to the intentionality and expectation with which we prepare ourselves. To be consecrated for the Israelites meant bathing and changing clothes and abstaining from intercourse and fully focusing on the Lord. They could not carry the dirt and the filth and the grime of the wilderness into the promised land. So Joshua tells them to get ready. And if we want to increase the space that God has to do some amazing things among us, then today we have to rid ourselves of the things that will contaminate the amazing tomorrow that God has for our lives. The Israelites were commanded to follow the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant as it passed by them headed towards the Jordan River. The whole nation would cross over into Canaan through Jordan and realize the dreams of their ancestors who were liberated from Egypt. However, the Jordan River was at flood stage during this time of the year, Uh, and their crossing would be difficult um, because being able to cross its two-thirds of a mile width, was the high water was a barrier that was too challenging for the people to overcome on their own. But God tells Joshua to have the priest to stand in the midst of the river holding the Ark of the Covenant and when they do, the waters of the river will roll, roll back, creating a pathway for the people to cross over into the promised land. This is the amazing thing about God. When we do what we can do, God will show up and, on, and honor the, uh, that faith by taking care of what we can't do. Listen, I know you've heard me say it a thousand times, but when we do what we can do, God will show up and do what we can't do. The people had prepared themselves and followed the directions of their leader. They made themselves ready to move from wilderness to promised land. And when it looked like they wouldn't be able to cross over, God did God's part and made a way through an otherwise overwhelmingly difficult and even impossible situation. And perhaps as we look at our own lives and our own journey, the reason that we miss out on the major moves of, that God is uh, ready to do for us is because we haven't fully committed to doing what we can do, which is the fo- following the instructions that the Lord has already given to us. When we stayed in a position of constant of preparation and expectant anticipation for what God would do, we saw God work some things out in our lives in amazing ways when we do all that we can do according to what God has commanded us to do, we are partnering with God to experience God's amazing and awesome movement in our lives. So as the priest entered into the middle of the river, God took control of the river and parted them so that the people could pass through into the promised land. Much like God had done for the generation that exited uh, Egypt in the Exodus, God was making a way for the people when it seemed as if no way could be made for them. After the people crossed over, God gave Joshua a command to have one man from each tribe, uh, each of the 12 tribes of Israel, to take a stone from the middle of the river over onto the shore of the Jordan on the promised land side of the Jordan. These men were selected by the people of each tribe to be the ones who carried the stones to represent the various tribes as they transition from wilderness to promise. And it is these stones that were taken from the place of transition in God's promise that caught my attention in the text. I began to think about a number of things. I, I thought about the stones of the cemetery that are used to mark the graves of loved ones who have made their transition uh, to glory. I, I thought about my own grandparents who are all deceased now, and the lessons they taught me about life, love, and faith. I I thought about how important they were to my own development and how I wish they were still here to even see their great grandbabies growing up. Then I thought about this brick that I keep in my office. It's a brick that I keep in my office. If ever you come to the church and visit me in the office, ask me about the brick. Uh, The brick comes from the original building of my home church in Chesterfield County, Virginia, that was demolished some years back. And for me, it represents the people on whose shoulders I stand, my grandparents and others who have shaped me down through the years. It represents the place where I first believed, where I first proclaimed my faith in Jesus Christ, the place where I I sang my first solo in the church choir. It represents the faith of those folks who moved from the brush arbor to a building and from one building to a more elaborate and fancy building with more bells and whistles, Uh, mostly how they trusted God and how they follow the leading of the Lord is what it represents for me. Not just in building new facilities, but in building people. And on the eve of our 134th church anniversary, I thought about Our own building that is constructed of large stones and is an attractive piece of architecture in Church Hill, claimed by our congregation as we were relocated from Jackson Ward to the eastern section of our city in the late 1950s as a place for families to grow, for relationships to be developed, and for lives to be transformed by the power of the Spirit of God. And even more, the ordeal that we have collectively faced in the last two years, where we have been largely detached from the actual building, but yet the community of our faith still exists and persists, even in the midst of COVID-19. What Joshua was asking these men to do with these stones was to mark the moment as a reminder of all that God had done. And that's what the headstones in the cemetery represent. That's what the brick in my office represents. That's what even our building represents. Uh, Even the monuments that we've seen erected in the last few years are there as reminders of where we have been and of what God has done for us. It's like the Formula Lee Monument and others. Um, Some moments are filled with pain. and Like recently erected monuments, the recently erected monument in Shaco Bottom, some moments are filled with resiliency and hopefulness. Some monuments stand as markers of the moments of love and of overcoming and of hope and of faith and of solemn remembrance. And I want to ask you today, what is the story of your stones? What are the markers of the transformative moments even in your life? As a friend of mine raised in a recent discussion on our podcast, what are the tangible reminders of the moments when God has shown up in major ways for you? Joshua tells them to pick up these stones, to carry them to the shore and to place them on the shore because the stones were a lasting testimony for the people of God as they moved into their new reality. And make no doubt about it, family, we are moving into a new reality. The things that we used to do won't be done in the same way. This is going to be a new season and a new age for the church, for the world, but for our church That the way and the things that God has called us to do in this season are different than what we had to do in the previous season. But that doesn't mean that we ought to forget where we've come from. That doesn't mean that we ought to forget uh, what God has done for us. And the fact that the God that was with us then will be with us as we move forward. Because even as we strive towards growth and progress, sometimes, y'all, we need to stop and we need to reflect in order to be grounded and to have clarity as we move forward. So then what do these stones mean? What does the story of the stones mean? Why does the story of the stones matter? The story of stones matter because it is a remembrance of God's power. You ought to type that in the chat right now. The story of the stones is important because the stones represent a remembrance of God's power. The stones that were gathered up out of the river were taken from the place where God had shown God's power. This wasn't the first time for this generation that they had experienced the power of God, but these stones became a tangible reminder of what God had done, not just for those who had a firsthand experience, but even for those who, for for those generations that were to come. This generation of Israelites were those who had seen God's power of provision in the wilderness. Uh, There was the pillar of fire that guided them by night. The cloud that guided them by day, the manna that was given to them in the mornings, the quail that was provided for them to eat in the evenings, this was a significant expression of God's providing power, but they didn't have their own testimony of God's liberating power. The nation of Israel is moving from Shittim across the Jordan River to Gilgal, and they have experienced God in a new way that calls for it to be memorialized by the people for the generations to come, listen to what Joshua tells them. Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over, on, or, or the, over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. Uh, sometimes, y'all, we forget the expansive and limitless power that God has. And this is a good spot to consider the fact that every time God shows up for us, God is doing it in a new way. Every time we are witnesses to the power of God, we ought to rehearse what the Lord has done in order to solidify and increase our faith for the next time God shows up. The move in this season wasn't just for this season, but it was to help us trust that regardless of the situation or the circumstance that the Lord is with us. Things may be different, but God doesn't change. Circumstances may shift, but God doesn't change. God has provided God's self by God's power and power time and time again. God has proved who God is. God has proved God's character and God's nature nature, time and time again. As the song says, every time we turn around, God is making a way. And we have to remember that if God was powerful over there at that time, in that place, then our sovereign God can be powerful anywhere and everywhere at any time. If every time that God shows up, we need to be sure to tell the story so that we remember and never forget. We tell it so that others can hear, but primarily we tell it because we need to remind ourselves and our souls so that others will know that we serve a God who can do anything but fail. We tell the story so that as we keep moving forward into the vision that God has for us that and face the challenges and difficulties along the way, we can encourage ourselves that God has not left us nor forsaken us. And as we tell the story, we are planting seeds of faith in a, in a, of faith in a mighty God in the lives of the next generation. And I'm not just talking about the young people that are coming up behind us, but I mean those who have yet to come to believe regardless of their age or stage or place in life. We are in a time that we can't assume that folks know. We, we have to tell them why we gather for worship on a TV, a tablet, or a telephone. We have to tell them why we pray and why we sing and why we believe how, how like we do. We have to tell them how we keep standing up when a life deals us knockout blows. We have to tell them, like the psalmist says, that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would have been snared. We would have been swallowed alive. We would have been swept Away, but our help is in the powerful name of the Lord our God who made heaven and earth. Yes, the stones help us because the stones are about a remembrance of God's power, but it's also the stones are a reaffirmation of God's people. The stones are a reaffirmation of God's people. God tells Joshua to set up this stone monument at Gilgal. And to serve serve as a means to remind God's people that they are in fact God's people. So reaffirmation, you ought to type that in the chat, a reaffirmation of God's people. After delivering them from the Egyptian bondage and preserving them through the desert, wilderness journey, God wanted uh, the people to have a physical reminder of the fact that God had specifically chosen them and made them his own people. But this wasn't all about the iteration of the Israelites that crossed over into the promised land under Joshua's leadership. It was about preserving this moment for the generations that would come after them. These stones were a legacy reminder for the generations to come. Notice how Joshua presents the purpose of the monument. To the people, he says to the people of Israel, when, you, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? When the children, when the next generation, when those who are coming behind us and following us and watching our every move ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Uh, here's what is vital for the children of Israel and for us, that God is consistently finding ways to reaffirm us as God's people. And that's what these stone mean. Stones mean for them and for us. God's movement among us in powerful ways is a sign of God's reaffirmation of us. The stones reaffirm that God, y'all, is for us. You know what uh, Paul said? If God be for us, then who can be against us? And that's good news for us today. Uh, that's good for news for somebody today because the road uh, has been rough. That's good news. Uh, uh, today because uh, though the road has been rough, God is for you. The The journey has been tough, but that's good news because God is for you. The hills have been hard to climb, but we know that God is for you. God has been for you on the good days and on the weary days because you and me, we are God's people and we are never forget it. Uh, and we know that God is for us because of the signs that God performs on our behalf. Listen, look at the text. God opens up a path for the children of Israel to cross over a Jordan River at high tide that was reminiscent of their foreparents crossing over the Red Sea after being liberated from Egyptian captivity. God's action in liberating the children of Israel was solely because of the plan that God had for them. It is not because they were so good. It's not because they were so faithful, but simply because God had chosen them. God loved them and God had purpose for them. And we should know that because we are God's people, that God loves us and God has a purpose and a plan for us, regardless of our inconsistencies, our shortcomings, our lack of faithfulness and our downright disobedience at times, the stones that we place as a memorial of what God has done are a constant reminder of the fact that God is faithful to us because we are God's people. It reminds us that in spite of the messiness of the journey, that God still has a plan and God still has purpose for us. And I know it's been a season of shifting and change. I know it's been a season and a time of challenge and newness, but this is why we have to mark these moments and memorialize the fact that we are still here because God has a plan. for us. God loves us and God has purpose for us in this time and in this season. We may not know what lay ahead on this journey, uh, on our journey as individuals or as a community of faith. But when we look at the tangible reminders of God's power, the fact that you made it through COVID-19, the fact that you made it through your surgery and your disease, the fact that you haven't lost your mind, the fact that your family structure is still uh, intact, the fact that we are still connected uh, as a family of faith, the one thing that we can be sure of is that we are God's people and the sheep of his pasture. And that's why y'all, oh, we ought to take a moment right now to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise because the Lord is good. His The Lord's mercy is everlasting and the Lord's truth endures through all generations. Yes, stones are important because it, re- it is a remembrance of God's Power and a reaffirmation uh, of God's people. But finally, today, the stones are important because it reestablishes God's promise. The stones reestablish God's promise. The Israelites crossed over the Jordan River into a place that had been set apart for them over the course of a number of generations. This possession of the land of Canaan wasn't just a continuation of God's deliverance from the land of bondage, but it was established well before that time with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. This is where God promised Abraham that his descendants who would number uh, who would number like the stars in the sky in the sands of the desert would end up in the Canaan land. Canaan was the fulfillment of God's promise to a man who left all that he knew and followed the voice of God to an unknown place. God said to Abraham that to his offspring God would give the land where he settled and now in Gilgal stood the stone monument that was a representation of that fulfilled promise. But not only is there the promise of Abraham that is being fulfilled, but there is one that is given to Joshua's predecessor, Moses. And Joshua was reminding and reestablishing before the people the promise of God that Moses gave him in Deuteronomy chapter 31. that says God has promised that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, These stones uh, were a sign that God's promise remains true no matter where they went. God would be with them, and just like God was with them in the wilderness, God would be with them in the promised land. And I think you might've missed your shout real quick uh, because you didn't hear what God had promised Moses. God promised Moses, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, You missed your shout because the promise is the same for you and for me. The moments of God's movement that that we return to as memorials help reestablish the fact that God is not slack concerning God's promise towards us. In fact, uh, the up and in the up and down journey of moving toward what God has for us, uh, God is true to God's word, God has not left you, God has not abandoned you, God has not forgotten about you, the God of the last season will be with you in the next season the God of 1887 is with us in 2021 the God that was with us before COVID showed up is the same God that is with us right now and in the midst of the pandemic and the same God that will be with us in the days ahead. And y'all, I've got to tell you as I turn very quickly towards Calvary, that's what I love about Jesus' journey. That yes, he lived as an example for us and he died on Calvary that we might be saved from our sins but I want you to think about the way they discovered that Jesus had risen from the dead uh, because they discovered it because when, uh, when the women showed up at the tomb, the stone had been rolled away. The stone had been rolled away as a sign that Jesus has risen and it was a sign that God's power, uh, God's purposes and God's promises were being fulfilled. The stone was a sign of God's movement and while we celebrate the cross, we can't forget to celebrate the stone. So I encourage you today to celebrate the stones from the places where God has met us and yes even resurrected us because they tell the story of God's movement in our lives. Celebrate the stones because they should remind us that when times get hard that God is with us celebrate the stones because when our faith gets weak they're a reminder that God is still moving on our behalf celebrate the stones because uh, they should steady us in, in times of uncertainty and insecurity about the character of God celebrate the stones because they are simple reminders that if God did it before God can do it again if God healed before God can do it again if God Stored before, God can do it again. If God has provided before, God can do it again. If God protected before, God can do it again. If God can t- make vision turn to reality uh, before, then God can do it again. If God has kept us before, then God can do it again. You want to celebrate the stones and tell the story of the so- stones so that we can continue to instill faith in the generations that are to follow us and those who may proclaim their faith. In Jesus Christ, even on this day, in our children and our children's children, we have to pass on our faith by living it and by sharing it and by celebrating the story of the stones because the Bible declares that faith comes by healing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible declares that we overcome, yes, by the blood of the Lamb, but by the word of our testimony. So we got to celebrate the stones and tell the story of the stones. Because folks need to know how we made it through. They need to know how we made it around. They need to know how we survived and how we made it over. So celebrate the stones and tell the story of the stones that the Lord has shown forth as tangible reminders of his power in your life. Listen, family, we're about to embark And celebrate 134 years of ministry through our great church. We've got to celebrate the stones that God has given to us as a memorial to what God has done. And to inspire us to believe for what God can do. Celebrate the stones in your life. Because there's more that God wants you to do. But use those stones to build the foundation of your faith. So that you can continue to be a witness of God's amazing power, God's amazing purpose, and God's amazing plan for you. Come on, won't you pray with me? God, we thank you for the stones that you've given us. We thank you, God, for every reminder, every tangible Thing that is around us, it reminds us of your power and your grace, the scars on our body, the, even the memories that we have, for the prayer journals where we've written down what we've desired, our hearts desire, for the various things that are around us, it remind us of your continued faithfulness and love towards us. And God, it's our prayer today that as we celebrate the stones, that we carry Stones with us is a sign of our faith, as a sign of your faithfulness, and to help us to deepen our faith in what you can do for us, what you can do in us, what you can do through us for your glory. God, today we pray for someone who may be watching, uh, who needs to connect with you. We pray today, God, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would uh, urge them today, ever so gently, to say yes. Believing in you through your son Jesus Christ. God, we pray for someone who needs to rededicate their lives or desires to connect with our church uh, through partnership of their gifts with the work that you've called us to in this season. God, we're praying that whoever that person is, whoever those people are, that they would say yes to us today. They would type it in the chat or send us the email so that they would, so that we can get connected with them on their faith journey. God, we continue to pray for our church family, for every name listed on our prayer list today. We continue to lift up before you today, God, cares and concerns of our city, of our nation, of our world, recognizing the various challenges that we face. God, we pray for every situation, those who are bereaved, those who are in need of healing right now, those who are in need of protection, provision and deliverance right now. God, we pray, Lord God, that you would give them a powerful testimony that would allow them to be able to tell the story of the stones about how they made it over. God, we pray today in celebration and praising you for the great things that you've continued to do, for the ways that you've continued to make, for the doors you've continued to open, the lives you continue to transform. God, that when we look around even in a season that's been challenging and hard, God, all has not been lost but that you have moved and done some incredible things in some amazing ways. God, we pray now that you would be with us as we go into another week. God, that you would remind us each and every day. Help us to return to the place where those stones are so that when we find ourselves discouraged or disgruntled or frustrated, we can remember, God, that you've been faithful. That We can carry that with us and face each and every day with a renewed sense of purpose, of focus, and a renewed sense of your love for us. We thank you, God, and we praise you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.